You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Can the Lord inconvenience you and me? Can he inconvenience our church? Can he move on us when we don't feel like it? We say, at your word, I'll do it no matter how I feel. Will we serve in the church? Will we get involved, make our gift count? Will we come out of the woodwork, off the bleachers and onto the field? Can he inconvenience us? Can he inconvenience me? I like to say yes, I hope yes, I believe yes. He can't even blast some Christians out of bed. Have you ever felt hindered by the Lord? Have you ever felt like God is ruining your plans instead of the other way around? Today, Pastor Jeff shows you that if you want to experience growth like never before and be a new creation like you desire to be, let God wreck you with His plans. The moment you choose His plans for your life is the moment that your life begins to bear fruit again. Don't dwell in your mediocrity and make an impact for God's kingdom. Sacrifice yourself to Jesus just as He did for you. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 as he continues his message, Steps Forward. Some of you haven't heard the claims of Christ in a while. Maybe never. Listen carefully. You're going through life and suddenly you're confronted with the claims and the call of Christ. And he says, follow me, follow me, pick up your cross, deny yourself, put my kingdom first, put me first, and you last, follow me. And we consider the claim, we ponder the claims, and we decide, concluding that he's the pearl of great price. And he's the treasure hidden in a field that is worth me selling everything and buying the field so I can get that treasure. There is nothing more valuable than Jesus Christ and following him. Nothing. So you decide, I'm not just going to be a pew warming Sunday morning Christian who the rest of the week lives like the world, but on Sunday I show up in church and punch the clock and put in my time. No, Monday through Saturday, I'm going to follow him and Sunday's the gravy on top. I'm just going to follow Jesus every day, every day. I've never known anybody whose life amounted to anything for God that didn't experience this decisive moment to go forward with Christ, go forward with Christ. The truth is, folks, decision is so powerful. Listen, decision determines destiny. That's the importance of decision. That's what God gave human beings. He didn't give anything else. We can assess a situation. We can look at options and make a choice. And decision determines your destiny. That's the power of decision. Life is comprised of an endless series of decisions, major and minor. Every day we make decisions from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed that night. Our whole life is comprised of decision making. All of us sitting here today, we are the sum total and the byproduct of all the decisions we have made up to now. Not only where you are, but who you are is a result of decision making. One decision can set the trajectory of your life, the rest of your life, and all of eternity. And I call those top-tier decisions. 
the most important decision of all is where you're going to spend eternity. There is no greater one. Greater than who you're going to marry, where you're going to school, what your career is going to be, where you're going to live, what you're going to drive, what you're going to wear, how much money you're going to make. The greatest decision you and I will ever make is where we're going to spend eternity. What did we do with Jesus? That's the most important one. There's not a more important one. That one is the fork in the road that decides the rest of your life and all of eternity. Where you spend eternity hangs on that decision. Have you thought about that? The lifestyle you decide to embrace is not foisted on you by how you were raised. You're not a victim. I'm going to say that again. You're not a victim. You don't have to live any way that you don't decide to. Even though people did you dirty and did you wrong, you don't have to give them the reins of the rest of your life. They don't have to control the rest of your life. Whether or not your life is going to please God and whether or not you go forward with Jesus, it's all a matter of decision. One man wrote this. I love this. Decision is a sharp knife that cuts clean and straight, while indecision is a dull knife that hacks and tears and leaves ragged edges behind. One good, solid decision for Christ cuts like a sharp knife. But if you're in between, well, maybe so, maybe not, I'm in, I'm out, I'm there, I'm gone. When you see that dead squirrel in the middle of the road, you're looking at a squirrel that could not make up his mind. <laughs> you, you ever seen them? They go this way, they go that way, they go this way, boom. And there's a lot of people in the middle of the road of life. I'm going this way, I'm going that way, and, and then boom. Amen. I believe God gave us his word so that we can live decisive lives. Listen to James. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. In other words, James is saying, make up your mind. Who are you going to serve? Jesus taught, nobody can serve two masters, so make up your mind. Paul wrote, to be carnally minded, it's death, but to be spiritually minded, it's life and peace, so make up your mind. Jesus said, he who is not with me is against me, make up your mind. Joshua told the people of Israel, choose today whom you will serve, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. He made up his mind. Amen. Amen. Show me a person that has fully decided to serve the Lord, and I'll show you somebody that's moving forward. So let me tell you, my whole life changed when I fully, completely decided to take his yoke upon me and learn of him and walk with him and do what he wanted me to do. My whole life changed. Now, a second characteristic of a moving forward person is a result of self-discipline. Here we go. Let's dive into self-discipline. Let's talk about it. Many people, lots of people. Most people here have dreams, aspirations, wishes, goals, desires. But guess what? Without self-discipline, most of them are going to remain in the graveyard, marked, unfulfilled through lack of discipline. I wanted it, but I didn't bring 
my life into discipline to get it. The bottom line is, how bad do you want what you want? How bad do you want God's will? How bad do you want to hear the words at the end of your race, well done, good and faithful servant? How bad do you want to fulfill the reason for which he made you? How bad? Because whatever you want, it's going to take discipline to get it nine times out of ten. It's going to take discipline to get it. Can I tell you what the problem is? And it's my problem. The greatest problem is not the devil. My greatest battle is not with other people. It's with the person looking back at me in the mirror. <laughs> That's my greatest battle. That's who I have the greatest battle with. Me, I'm the one that's gotten me in most of my trouble. Come on, everybody. You get that halo off your head. Because our selfish selves don't want to serve God. We don't want to. We want to serve ourselves, our own desires, wishes, wants, longings, hungers, and our own will. We want to serve ourselves. It's all about you, don't you know? We're told that in our culture. Everything is about the self. Selfies. Self magazine. Self this. Self-actualization. Self this, that, and the other. But that's not what it's about. It's about him. Paul the Apostle confessed, it is my own body I fight to make it do what I want. My own body. How many of you had a battle with your body already today? The, the, the alarm went off and you said it can't be that time to go to church. And you had a battle with your body. You had a debate with your body. Am I going to actually get up and go or am I going to yield to what my body's telling me to do? Let me tell you God's will for you and me. We are never to be told what to do by our body. We're to tell our bodies what to do. We're not to be ruled by time. We're to make time serve us. My own body fights me every day when I'm in that restaurant line. And I've told myself before going to that restaurant, I know the desserts they have there. I remember what was there. Those super duper triple quadruple chocolate cakes with whipped cream and a cherry on top and ice cream on the side. And you see it's 3,500 calories. You say, so when I go in there, that thing doesn't exist for me. But then you get in the line and, and then you order. And then when you're done with your meal, they put that dessert stuff where you cannot not see it. It's spinning. It's lit up. It's right in front of you. And you, you have a strange ability to hear God at that time. You hear a voice say, go ahead. You deserve a break today. <laughs> You'll ride it off. You'll walk it off. Go ahead. God understands all good things come from above. <laughs> and you eat it. And you lost the battle with your body. It's that way with all of life. Listen to Paul. The trouble is with me. I'm all too human. I don't really understand myself. I, don't want, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And I eat that cake, whatever the cake is. There's an answer in the next chapter. Here it is. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Do y'all catch that? Can we read it together? If by the Spirit 
Come on, everybody. You put, to, how do I put my body down and get victory over my body? By the Spirit. You put to death the misdeeds of the body. You will live. So here's what he's telling us. The Holy Ghost in you and me is there to bring self-discipline. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So he wants to create in us. How many of you have ever had a bad habit? Or the rest of you got a bad habit of lying? <laughs> All right. Do you remember if you ever smoked? I'll just give you an example. If you ever smoked, remember the first time you took a hit off that cigarette? It felt like a lead anvil was dropped down into your lungs and you choked and you sputtered and you coughed, but you persevered. <laughs> Until finally that smoking became a habit that you loved, but it was a bad habit killing you. Okay, bad habits. But in the same way, there's holy habits. There's good habits. And the Holy Spirit, your flesh got you into the bad habits, but the Holy Spirit wants to bring you under discipline so that you can develop good habits or what I call holy habits because they lead to holiness. Attending church, reading the Bible, praying, things that you get into the habit of doing. Can I tell you, I've been reading the Bible so long in the mornings now, I'm being honest with you. I got to have my fix. And it's the word of God. And I don't have to smoke something, snort something, drink something, chew something, shoot something. No, it's, 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 it's a good holy habit. And it leads to holy living. And the Holy Ghost had to bring my life into discipline until I developed that habit. Are you hearing me today? So, so, so you say, well, man, I got a bunch of bad habits. Well, just replace them. Same way you got a bad one, you get a good one. How do you do it? It takes three weeks to develop a habit. You get into the Word of God in the morning for three weeks, it'll become a habit. You'll have to have your fix. Amen. Everybody say holy habits. So the Holy Ghost has been given to us. One of His ministries inside of us is to bring self-discipline that we develop a holy habit. I love what Paul said. He said, I don't know about you, this is the Message Bible, but it's great. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everybody else about the gospel, and then missing out on the benefits myself. My all-time favorite coach, the late, great Tom Landry of the Dallas Cowboys. Great coach. Christian coach. He said this about discipline. To have a disciplined life, to live a disciplined life, and to accept the result of that discipline as the will of God is the mark of a man. Now, since he was only talking about men, I'll change it this way. To live a disciplined life and to accept the result of that discipline as the will of God, that is the mark of a mature Christian. Amen. So everybody say discipline. discipline leads to holy habits, which leads to a blessed life. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. And then the last one, this one's fun, a willing to be inconvenienced. 
a, a willingness to be inconvenienced. What are you talking about, Jeff? Oh, listen, God interrupts your comfort zone all the time. See, some of you, you're in a routine that is sacred. you got a schedule that is uninterruptible. Nobody messes with your schedule, with your routine. You get up, you do this, you do that. Same thing you did 20 years ago, you do now. You've got everything in line, like a sergeant in the army. Nobody messes with your schedule, but God can, and God will, if you're moving on, if you're moving forward. We don't want to be inconvenienced out of our lazy boy recliners. There's some of you, it takes a miracle to get the channel changer out of your hand. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time God successfully inconvenienced you to do his will? And I'm asking myself this. Why does it matter? Let me tell you a secret. This is a truth. Never forget it. A move of God often waits on the other side of being inconvenienced. It does. Can God inconvenience you to witness to somebody? Can he inconvenience you to, to, welcome, to invite somebody to come to church with you? Can he inconvenience you to serve in the church? Can he inconvenience you and me to lay down, to get out of our comfort zone and, and maybe go witness on the streets with Charles, Amy, and the street ministry we've got or the prison ministry with Ryan? Can God inconvenience you and me? Are we so stuck in our ways that we say, no, Lord, go, go find somebody else? I'll give you an example of how this happens. I'm reading now the Bible. Once he, Jesus, was standing on the shore of Lake Gennesaret, the crowd was pushing in on him to better hear the word of God. He noticed two boats tied up. Now, the boats were owned by Peter and Andrew. The fishermen had just left them, and they were out scrubbing their nets. He climbed into the boat. Jesus just got into Simon's boat, just stepped into it. You say, how did he do that? Because he could, because he's Lord. And he just got into the boat. And he asked Simon, push out a little bit into the water. And he used the boat for a pulpit and taught the crowd. When he told Simon, push out, everybody say with me, first inconvenience. Because they had been fishing all night and caught nothing. Now, I don't know if you've ever fished. I have fished a lot, especially when I was living in East Texas. And it was terrible to go out all night long fishing and get totally skunked. What'd you catch? Not even a minnow. Not even a little perch. There was nothing there. I wasted the whole night. These guys, Peter and Andrew, were exhausted. They were weary. They were discouraged. And Jesus said, I know you want to go home and sleep, but push out. There's kingdom work to be done. And so Peter pushed out, and he's sitting in the boat. He's got a ringside seat to hear the greatest teacher in the history of the universe teach the crowd. And he's watching like a hawk. Now, when Jesus finished teaching, Simon thought, hallelujah, now we can go back and I can go home and get some sleep. But it says, Jesus turned to him and said, Simon, we're not done yet. Push out into the deep. And let your nets down. Everybody say second inconvenience. I could hear Peter, you got to be kidding me. So he says to the Lord, he says, maybe you don't know. We didn't catch anything. 
They're not biting, Lord. Take it from me. I'm a lifelong fisherman. They're not biting. He didn't know who he was talking to. He didn't know who he was talking to. And so Simon said, Lord, we've been fishing hard all night, and we haven't even caught a minnow. Now I want you to notice, he's protesting being inconvenienced. You're inconveniencing me, Lord. This is a hat. Now what if Peter, at this point, had said, you know, Lord, I just don't want the hassle right now. Eh, I'm too tired. Maybe another day. And he had gone to the house. We never know Peter's name. Listen to me. We never know Peter's name. Why? Because when he allowed himself to be inconvenienced, he stepped onto the pages of history. It says, Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. Everybody say, at your word. I don't feel like it, Lord, but at your word. I'm tired, but Lord, at your word. Lord, I got skunked all night, but at your word. Lord, it doesn't make sense to me, but at your word. I will go, and I will do it. And it says, it was no sooner said than done that they caught such a huge haul of fish. The nets were breaking, and they had to call from help, for help from their brethren who were in other little boats around and saw this miracle taking place in front of their eyes. The greatest catch of a life, a net-breaking boat-sinking load. It happened on the other side of being inconvenienced. Amen. And it was... And I'm, I'm closing with this, but it was the, this was the defining moment event that set the trajectory for the rest of Peter's life because it says he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others who were with him. And Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid, Simon. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Everything. It was the miracle on the other side of being inconvenienced that convinced him, this is no normal man. I'm going to follow him wherever he goes. Can you be inconvenienced? Can I be inconvenienced? He'll, he'll interrupt your party. He'll interrupt your routine. He'll, he'll interrupt your best laid plans. Can the Lord inconvenience you and me? Can he inconvenience our church? Can he move on us when we don't feel like it? And we say, at your word, I'll do it no matter how I feel. Will we serve in the church? Will we get involved, make our gift count? Will we come out of the woodwork, off the bleachers, and onto the field? Can he inconvenience us? Can he inconvenience me? I like to say yes. I hope yes. I believe yes. He can't even blast some Christians out of bed. Jesus rose from the dead. Some believers can't even get out of bed to come to church or to pray or to witness or to serve. They just can't be inconvenienced. I married a wife. I cannot come. I bought some cattle. I cannot come. I bought some new land. I cannot come. I can't be inconvenienced right now, Lord. A miracle. Let me ask, and I close with this question. What answer to prayer? What new horizon? Or fresh touch? Or new thing from God might you and I experience on the other side of decision and discipline 
and inconvenient. What a beautiful message from Pastor Jeff. Today he illustrated the magnitude of letting God's plan propel your life instead of your own. When you choose to put your own desires ahead of God's, it only leads to pain and turmoil. End the cycle now and grow in your faith like never before. His plan will always serve to impact you in ways you could never imagine. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up or ignored God's calling. He's ready and waiting to use you mightily. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired. You've been listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Would you be interested in helping support this ministry as we further the gospel? All you have to do is go to hardwired.org and click on Donate. We're so grateful for your continued support in listening to this program and also investing in the ministry. Once again, the website is hardwired.org to donate. Here's Daniel one more time with a sneak peek about the next edition. Are you feeling lost in your ways and stuck in a rut? Are you unsure of what to believe in this fast-paced world we live in? Next time on Hardwired with Pastor Jeff, he shows you how to transform your life and turn it around for good. If you want to live a purpose-driven life and never look back, give your heart to Jesus. He has always had a place for you in His kingdom and wants nothing more than to see you blossom into the impactful person you're meant to be. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.